Hi everyone, welcome to the second edition of Things I Wish I'd Known. From me, Morris McCracken, and with my good friend, Steve Robinson. We've both been in church leadership for about 10 years, and we thought we'd start this podcast to share with people some of the things we wish we'd known when we started off, and find out from different pastors things they want to pass on to. Today, I am interviewing Steve, and we've had a great time talking together. Hope you find it useful and enjoy it. Tell me this, Steve. Go on. Why are people in Liverpool not called Steve, but it's, only Steve? It's Steve. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting. Only in Liverpool am I called Steve. Mm. S-T-E. And anywhere else I go. And yeah. the problem is, because I'm called Steve by everybody and Robbo, mm. it's sort of become my name. Steve, yeah. Steve Robbo. Um, so it's when like I, a brand. It's like the, the brand. brand. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do a podcast about that. Yeah. Pastor, you are not a brand. Yeah. No. So, um, so wherever I go in the, anywhere else in the world, mm. um, people are like, "What's this st <laughs> st?" And then I explain, and yeah. and but I, but I think it's just a Liverpool thing, isn't it? Mm. So you get Morris gets Mo. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think yeah. we just shorten all the names, but it's interesting. My, I introduce myself outside of Liverpool as Steve, mm. and Sean, my wife, is like, "You're not Steve. <laughs> You're Steve or Stephen. You're yeah. not Steve." But babe, that's that's what it is. So yeah, they, they, I don't know. It's a scouse thing. Maybe we're just lazy and just don't want to say the whole name. I don't know. Just thought listeners might need that explaining. Not everyone's been here. That's right. To... No, no, I think that's a good yeah. good explanation. Yeah. So we are talking about um, ten years into ministry. Yeah. Things we wish we'd known. Mm. So we're not experts. We're just saying wish we'd known this in the past. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we're going to hear the story of Cornerstone in a minute. You'll tell us a bit about that. Yeah. But just begin, uh, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Steve. Uh, just begin by telling us, um, sum up for us, what is the thing or the couple of things that at this stage you think, oh, I wish I'd known that. Yeah, I think, I think the thing, like, I think the biggest thing that I look back over the last 10 years that I, that, that I wish I'd known was... There's two really. Mm. How to develop elders, and I'll unpack that a little bit more. Mm. Um, and I had a plan for that. I think I think that there was that, and I look back now. Um, and the reason that is 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 because 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 I did that first one. I don't think was done well by yeah. myself. That's not to say that the elders weren't great. Yeah. It's my input into that. I found it incredibly hard to let go of things. Mm. Incredibly hard. So I think. I wish I would have known then that actually God's intention for his church is to is to be led and directed by a plurality of elders. Mm. It's not just about one guy. Yeah. I think I I, I received a lot of pain, mm. a lot of suffering, um for, for myself and others, I think, mm. in certain areas. Along some of the most ridiculous of things. Mm. Like just letting go that actually the role is to equip saints for ministry yeah. with fellow leaders to do that together and just letting go of certain things I just I look back now and I think maybe some some people could have flourished more mm, mm. Um, yeah okay, okay. is that clear it's, like, yeah, it's the yeah, letting go so. of stuff stuff yeah. that you're like okay I've, I've, I've had to get a grip of this I've had yeah. to lead in this way and then realising that actually I'm part of a church yeah. there's a diverse body of all different gifts that actually yeah. other people can do those things and other people can do those things better than you yeah so I just think it took a while to and, te 
raising up people to do that with you. Yes, absolutely. It's part of the job. Absolutely. It's not a failure. It's not a failure, yeah. Um, but probably a little bit of the story of Cornerstone lent itself to you being seen as the guide, isn't it? So yeah, you, yeah. you came to replant the church. Tell us yeah. a bit about that story and how it yeah, yeah, so Cornerstone Church previously was called Ramley's Road Chapel. Yeah. So Ramley's Road Chapel was a, a brethren, brethren assembly that was started actually in about 1933. Okay. Ended up buying a building on the plot where we have a, a little building now. In 1945, it was mm. a brethren assembly. And within Liverpool and Merseyside, the brethren mm. sort of denomination was very strong. Yeah. Very, very strong. Um, reached a lot of lot of people, um, engaged in a lot of people in, in 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 different ways, but I think over the course of a number of decades, this, those churches started to decline, specifically Ramley's Road Chapel. So we get to about 2000, 2007, 2008, 2009, fifteen people mm. um, on a Sunday struggling actually not know where things are going and they get to a point where they think they're going to close mm. and they are that desperate that they give me a call <laughs> <laughs> so i was 30 i think at the time 29 30 as an elder of another church within liverpool um i've been a police officer for a number of years and then worked for a parachurch organization for a number of years and the lord had clearly was putting church planting on our hearts my wife and i church leadership explored a few different options and just through relationship and doing some stuff with Ramley's Road, I used to mm. preach there occasionally. I got a, they contacted me, and uh, to cut a long story short, the conversation was, "Could you come and be the pastor?" Mm. And for a brethren church to have a pastor yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to criticize a whole denomination, but my observations mm. are that they they talk about it's about you know we're, we're a, a kingdom of priests, and they they say they hold to that and it, it, plurality of leadership. When the reality was no one was leading. Yeah. There was no leadership yeah. in light of that. And actually the step into having somebody that actually would sort of try and lead and bring that sort of sense of leadership uh, was something that they felt that they needed. Yeah. The, the conversation led on to actually bringing a team of people and actually replanting the church. Mm. Re replanting, um, starting again, um, not as a takeover, but with the 15 people. Yeah. So they had four elders. Yeah. And then I came and brought two guys with me that weren't elders by way of um, office in any mm. churches, but uh, but definitely show the yeah. qualifications so of one, yeah. qualify one Timothy three. Yeah. So we had a church of about 25, 26 people with seven elders. <laughs> right. Talk about heavy, heavy yeah. shepherding. So, yeah. so, so, so we started the process of what it looked like to, mm. to replant a church. And, you know, I think, I, I think it would be right and fair to say that I, I took the the majority of the weight of leading that. Yeah. So I think I would say elders, elders meetings, um, gatherings, vision, focus. Ninety nine point nine percent was this is what I think we should do. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. This is what yeah. I think we should do. Let let let's do it in that in in those ways. Yeah. Um, so the thing yeah. you sort of said you wish you'd known was understanding plurality. Totally. Part of the reason that that was an issue is because you started with sort of not. It was plurality, but not good function functional plurality. It was like everybody's supposed to lead, so no one's leading. Yeah. Did that sort of swing then a little bit towards you saying, okay, someone's got to take a lead here? Yeah. And that tended to fall on you. Yeah. Well, yeah. I that's why I went. Yeah. I think they were, they asked, "Can you lead us?" Mm. Um. So I went, and it's interesting. At thirty, there was this. If I was honest, I was like, I really don't know what I'm going to do here. Yeah. But at the same time, I knew exactly what I needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> and and that brought um. 
a sense of, okay, this is what we need to do, this is how we should do it, this is what we need to put in place. I think God was gracious in that, in the fact that I, I, th- I worked for six years in a parachurch organization that engaged a lot with people who are older mm. and, and, mm. and mature. And, and sometimes what comes with that, uh, older, older people comes mm. with just be, people being set in their ways. So because of the experience I'd had yeah. with doing that, I think I was quite clear on what, what I think we needed to do. Mm. But I think because I'd had those six years, I was able to sort of gently work with people mm. um, in, 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 in life. So part of the story was the weight of responsibility of leadership did land on me. Mm. Um, but, but literally, like, and this is, I guess, the same, Morris, for anybody who's yeah. in church planting, yeah. uh, replanted. You prepare the sermon. Yeah. You do the PowerPoint. Yeah. You know, we moved to a PowerPoint. That was part of the process. <laughs> you, you pick the songs. Mm. You open up. Yeah. You set the chairs. Mm. You put out the notice sheets, or you print that off. You, you know, everything lands on you if yeah. you're the the, the full time. You're being paid to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? So the full time guy. So, and literally, I, I I I did all those things, and I think I did them quite well. Mm. And, um. Was became a little bit like fussy on how the chair sh- should be and mm. and engage and and it, in all those different different ways, but I think as I look back now, I think I, I I maybe adapted in different ways and people's giftings grew in certain ways, but I just probably deep down didn't change. Mm. Mm. And it is complex, that isn't it? Especially in a plant or replant situation. Although I think for any pastor, that because you're the one thinking about it all the time, it does feel a bit like you own it even yes. more than your most committed elder who's got another job. Um, and so I definitely find in our church I care much more about how the chairs are set out than the non-staff elders. Absolutely. Their, pro- their perspective's probably right there, but I spend all week thinking about it. Yeah. And well, I've, you sorry, go on. No, go on. But just I was <laughs> going to say, talk us through more of then yeah. the challenges. So how did some of those challenges develop and, you know, how were they manifest? So I, I actually think some of those challenges have not been felt, have only been felt in recent years. Okay. So you're talking like, be, because of, so by God's grace, definitely, you know, we went from a, ch- a small church, then mm. in the course of 10 years, very briefly, we've planted two churches, soon to plant another uh, another two in the next 18 months. So we had a, a group of older people who um, who were who, who was hoping, you know, thinking that their church was going to close and then... Mm. And now, over the last 10 years, I've been part of a church that's grown, and people have mm. planted churches, people have been saved. Over 100 baptisms. Mm. You know what I mean? You're talking like, like no, now I know, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but for folks who, who hadn't seen a baptism for years, yeah, and it, just things like that. So I think what came with that was, we made the right decision by asking Steve to come. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong, God's always been glorified, isn't he? Yeah. And I think what... What has happened is that that growth has just continued. There's mm. been difficulties and continued, but I think what happened over the course of years was that actually there was just a complete trust, mm. a complete trust. So I'm like, yeah. I think we should do this. Let's do it then. Yeah, I think we did this. And then what happens is as as people grow in their gifting and people grow in their ability, and by God's grace, we've seen that with mm. some of. So you know, my colleague Paul Elms, um, who by God's grace, I was the guy that opened the Bible with him when he mm. first became a Christian. Mm. And we went through Romans, and now he's a pastor of Cornerstone. When he arrived uh, as an elder, we've actually spoken about this. It was like we probably wouldn't appoint him as an elder 
now yeah but we did then yeah you know we, we did but just he, he's a great example of just growth and how god has gifted him and 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 just th- through the lord completely doing that mm. in different ways and i think that you have this tension of okay i'm i'm with we want to trust steve he's making the right decisions but actually i'm coming to realize that you know we need to create space for people to grow here mm. that actually there's a bottleneck yeah there's a bottleneck occurring here yeah. in, in certain in certain areas and certain places and certain in certain ways um, and what was interesting was Maurice that as I look back now I did not want to be that guy mm. so as much as as much mm. as as much as I I I look back and I think I think I have been to some extent not being able to let go of things mm. if you'd have said to me during that time Steve I think you're this I'd have been fuming I'd have mm. been I'm not that guy I'm not that guy look what look what's happening mm. I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not that guy. So some of the difficulties that have come have come with that, I think, in terms of people not flourishing mm. in gifting, me letting go of uh, me me micromanaging, mm. I think, in certain areas. So let me give you th- things like PA and sound. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I used to. I'm a frustrated musician. Mm. So the things like sound are important to me, but then. I arrive in church, and these guys have been there since early hours, really mm. making them, you know, putting the sound together and making sure the sa- it sounds nice for people. Mm. It's not a distraction. And I walk in and I go in, I change everything. Yeah. And no one says <laughs> anything because it's me. Yeah. And and it was like, well, I understand this better than anyone else in the church. Mm. The PowerPoint's not right. I'll yeah. go and fix it. Yeah. Before I'm going to, to preach. Yeah. You with me? So the, yeah, so yeah. all those sort of things. And I think what happened over the course of time, I think, and God has been gracious in this journey. Mm. In the last few years, I think people have been frustrated with that. Mm. Um I think I think there's been a, a plateau in, in leadership development. And actually what we found was we weren't developing leaders. Mm. We weren't developing leaders well. Mm. Um we had a lot of people who were following and a lot of potential but we weren't developing people well in the role of eldership. So people were becoming elders, but actually were finding themselves in this unnecessary mm. plurality. Yeah. Not unnecessary, sorry, reluctant plurality. Yeah. So the, the, what I mean by that is, and um, is they sit on an eldership, but S- Steve's got all the answers. Yeah, it's like a focus group. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. And actually, I think over time it became Stephen Paul a little bit. Right. Because Paul was full time, and mm. you know, and, and I remember I'd be saying, I'm, you know, we pray about this more than anyone. Yeah. We think about this more than anyone. Yeah. So, so they're justifying that sense <laughs> yeah. of, 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 well, you know, we'll, 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 we'll present it, we'll make it happen, and you know, you've got to give a very, 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 very good reason mm. for, for not jumping in. Mm. Um, yeah. uh, uh, and for, for not agreeing. Yeah. Um, and then I'll show you. Now, what's interesting is I, I can count on one hand where it's been tension, mm. tension within those things. And I think because of there's a trust, but I think if I'm being honest, I look back and I think, okay, things could have been healthier. Yeah. Because it's, it's it doesn't sound like it's led to any big sort of drama, particularly no. in lots of occasions, but it's more our job as pastors is to enable other people to function in their giftings Absolutely. to equip them for that and it was limiting that it's interesting I like that what you said there kind of about fiddling with the PA and the PowerPoint and stuff 
because I think lots of pastors will agree with that and it's a really helpful warning sign isn't it of being a sort of over controlling micromanager yeah. if you can't even put up with something being slightly as you wouldn't want it and intervening um, and it's obviously a like real sign of health in your church family that even though you can identify that now it wasn't causing loads of problems because you did all love each other and trust each other and that's great yeah. at the same time you've obviously identified that and think you want to do something different now. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you, correct is too strong a word, isn't yeah. it? But how you re-emphasised bringing other people on, how you discussed this with your elders, yeah. how you've made it a, a genuine plurality. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the long and short of it is it wasn't me. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't me who brought that in. Yeah, it was it was someone else. Mm. It was somebody else that said, "Look, I think this needs to occur. This needs to happen." Yeah. Now, now, like I want to, I think relationally, relationally within our eldership, it's been, it's been great. We're really good friends. We love each mm. other well, and I think there has been an element of honesty, but there have been periods of 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 not being honest in in in, in light of that. But I think it, the whole issue of of the plurality of leadership came because I think what happened is because so th- there are three three things so Paul Elms read a book um, which was really helpful and he identified three different areas regarding some of the the, 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 the counterfeits that we sort of sort of buy into mm. regarding eldership one is that you'll get the lead pastor that goes um, rather than finding sort of leadership and leading with the elders, you go expert grabbing. So actually, you you have an eldership, but actually you're actually yeah. going and ringing somebody else somewhere else. Yeah. Well, these guys really don't understand. But if I go and ring this guy, he's full time. He understands. Or I go and read this book, or I go and do this. Which obviously that's helpful. Mm-hmm. That's really helpful. But if that becomes the means by way we lead the church, yeah, and function in our eldership, that's that's not helpful. That leads them to being. Um, a reluctant Mm. uh, sorry I apologise and yeah a reluctant Mm. eldership so so there's a a reluctancy on both sides a reluctancy from from the the, the guys who sit on the eldership to say well it it always goes well and Mm. I'm sitting there I'm not too sure about that but but I trust them and they've Mm. thought about this and they're thinking about it and Steve's praying about it and 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 and, mm, yeah so so I don't say Mm. so I don't say and the flip side of the same coin is, I'm reluctant. I've been reluctant to ask them. Yeah. Okay, please, guys, rip this up. Tell mm. me, is this the right thing to do? So that was the third one, and the, uh, the second one, and the third one is uh, um, an unnecessary eldership. Hmm. And I, I'll be honest with you, Morris. I think there have been points where I've just thought, well, and I've said this to the guys that I didn't need them. Mm. I didn't need them, mm. and that that just that sense of arrogance of, well, this is what it's here because of me. Mm. I'm I've let this. I'm the first among equals. What's mm. all that about? Do you understand yeah. what I mean? In, yeah. You know, in in a sense of deal, dealing with that. So Paul read a book, came to us, and said, "I think we need to work through this. Mm. I think we need to identify. I actually think we need um, to open it out to the eldership within Cornerstone Church Liverpool." Mm. And ask those questions, and it was really fruitful. Mm. And guys were really honest, and it was, it, it was, it wasn't hurtful in any way. Mm. There was a little bit. Of, it was a bit painful, but not major. Yeah. Um, and I think 
within that but that what that did was it really opened my eyes mm. to say okay on some level I'd failed in this area mm. of developing elders well developing leaders well uh, I'd failed in in, in, in in trying to work through what does a plurality of eldership really look like mm. um, for the life and the health of, health of the church and the reality mm. is this a church is never going to be as healthy is never going to be healthier than its leadership. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. So therefore, it's an indicator of okay. So if that's if that's what's being experienced, yeah. that's also going to be experienced as you look at a, the gospel community or in the life of the church. Yeah. And and actually, authentic, real, dynamic leadership is a man, yeah. rather than a group of men that yeah. follow the man Jesus yeah. Christ. And I think that really that that was really helpful in terms of doing that. And, and it's been good. Mm. So I'll be honest with you, over the last 12 months, we've been spending time evaluating that mm. and, and actually personally engaging with each other of where we fit and how we, and actually, it's actually created an atmosphere and platform for, especially the guys who are lay elders mm. to flourish and actually function as elders. Yeah. Like yeah. In, in, in a real sense. And you know what? That's been amazing yeah. for me yeah. and for Paul. And for, so actually it's like, wow, I don't have to carry all this anymore. Mm. Mm. And there's a sense that I don't want to. Yeah, I, I don't want to. And I, there was at one point that I did and I didn't. And I think, I think I th- going back to the, the if I only knew, it, it's just like if I'd have known then. Yeah. If I'd have known then that actually, if I'd have known what does it really mean to develop elders well, mm. and, and, and outside of, you know, in addition to handling the word, mm. um, refuting error, all those sorts of things, actually, what does what does the culture of an eldership look like? Mm. And recognizing that when a guy comes into an eldership, that culture changes straight away because he's yeah. different. Yeah. But actually, if, if there's this healthy, you know, we are we are we we're, we're leading together, but recognizing that there are people with certain gifts in certain areas that actually can take a lead. Mm. So this I mentioned it before. This first among equals thing. I've always thought, well, I'm the I'm the I'm the lead guy in Virgin yeah. Commons. I'm the lead pastor, so I'm the first among equals. And I think we've come to a point now where actually. The first among equals is the person who's taken responsibility for yeah. an area of ministry, yeah. and actually maybe gifted in that certain sense. Yeah. So let me give you an example. So, so I tend to take the lead in terms of what we're preaching and teaching, and I put yeah. that together and and and, and, and engage in that. Whereas Paul Elms will take is the first among equals when we talk about our gospel communities and actually yeah. the day to day sort of leading of Cornerstone yeah. Liverpool. He, he does that, and then we've got um, two other guys. And recognizing we have more time, the yeah. other guys are taking. Uh, the lead uh, leading a couple of gospel, three or four gospel communities we call them neighborhoods and they're the guys who are leading loving care and bringing to the table we're asking and engaging and mm. and it's been really healthy for yeah. gifts it's been really healthy for relationship um it's been really healthy because it's like as much as i you say it that jesus builds his church i always think in recent years that i actually believe it yeah Great. Believe it in terms of the eldership. So that's been that's been mm. really helpful for us. Mm. And I just wish I'd, I'd known. No. Okay, I'll, I'd I'm ne- I'd never experienced healthy eldership. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never experienced healthy eldership. So there was a sense of I knew something, but I knew it wasn't right. But I didn't know what healthy eldership looked like. And mm. and uh, um, um, if we all love each other and we all get on and yeah. relationally we're great. That must be what it means. Yeah. And actually, it is that, but it's also more than that. Yeah. That leads me to a question I wanted to ask. We've talked a bit about this before, but when you've done all this work together about how you function as an eldership, mm. 
what's been the sort of relational outcome for your friendships and your brotherhood and it's been amazing mm. so so uh, it's interesting really so from a structural perspective I think re- the relational dynamic is always something that we fought for anyway mm. um, so just as we function we, we, we actually meet we, you know, we meet to pray every Wednesday we have a business elders meeting every every uh, once a month on a Monday but once a month on a Friday we all socially get together as well mm. um, with our wives Mm. Um, and that's all we, we've done that for quite a while now a couple of years now um, it was all more organic but now it's quite structured more people mm. and stuff and we just get together we hang out we eat together we drink together we mm. play games or we and sometimes we worship you know we worship mm. we will always pray together we'll have communion so that's been really really helpful and there was a sense when we were doing that that it was great people loved it we enjoyed it but I think since we've done this mm. really like okay we want to be a healthy eldership we want to we want to be a plurality. We want to recognise the gifts that God has given us individually and collectively and what that means for for the life of Cornerstone Church. I think those moments have become more special. Mm. Because cause I'll be honest with you, and let, you know, I'll talk about me. I view those guys with different through different lenses now. Yeah. And that's my issue. That's not them. Yeah. Yeah. I view them differently. Yeah. They are, they are essential. Mm. The elders of our church are essential. Yeah. Those particular men who God has appointed are essential. Yeah. Whereas in the past, I've viewed them reluctantly mm. in that way and unnecessarily. Mm. And I've expert grabbed, yeah. gone somewhere else. Instead. Instead. Can I ask one more question just of to course, finish? Yeah. So, the practicality, a lot of this tension, I think, can arise well, because, just as I mentioned earlier, me or you. We spend all our time thinking about this, and your elders, like ours, are probably busy guys. They spend yeah. all days, you know, building houses or um, dispensing medicines or whatever yeah. those things. Then they have to do a change of gear to get in, and I think that's sometimes why they want to defer, and yeah. it's sometimes why we can be over controlling. We think, you know, yeah. we spend a lot of time working this out. Any wisdom on managing that yeah. so that you you really acknowledge the time and expertise a full time quote yeah. unquote pastor has while also really respecting the input of your non staff. Yeah. Yeah, I think this process that we went through just mm. highlighted that mm. in a healthy way. So yeah. I, I so so I just assume like I, I assume this a position that we pray more, we think about more mm. maybe at times we care more, which is wrong. Mm. Um it's just not true. Mm. Um so therefore we know better mm. and therefore we'll, we'll lead this situation I think what's happened is that the whole process has highlighted the fact that we have been released Yeah. so I've been released from doing frontline yeah. ministry because you know being a pastor is not frontline let's yeah. call it what it is yeah, 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 <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not so from frontline ministry to, to engage you know with leading the, thinking about those things and engaging in those things all the time and the other guys God wants them in frontline ministry, working yeah. with, engaging with non-believers, making sense of the world in that mm-hmm. light. That actually is is a, a thing that needs to be modelled yeah. and uh, led through. And then this process has recognised gifting with people, yeah, and and capacity. Because mm-hmm. the, the questions that we so Paul put some questions together, which were really really helpful on the back of this book, and use some of the questions in the book that actually it just highlighted the the truth of the situation mm. that actually then instead of assumptions we're dealing with reality here yeah. so actually the guys and, and off the back of that we we sort of formed um specific 
Um, I'm not a big fan of the term, but I think it helps. Job descriptions. Mm. So it's not like this is what an elder is. Boom. Yeah. It's actually this is what an elder is. Yeah. But actually, this is what it looks like for you. Yeah. In our church now. In our church now. Job. Yeah. At this stage, at this size. Yeah with your capacity with your gifting so some of the guys have got young kids some yeah. of them don't have any children yeah. some of them have got children that have, have grown up you know your capacity some are going through difficult situations and seasons so actually it's 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 creating that seeing the fluidity in that that's yeah. actually helpful rather than this is what we do and we're always going to do it like that yeah. um and as long as steve robo's breathing everything's going to be okay <laughs> that's just like what a lot of rubbish that yeah. is yeah and i think that and i think I think starting off in the beginning mm. with that is, 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 is healthier. Yeah. Now I look back and there were moments where I think God was doing that with me. Yeah. So one of the elders who is not an elder anymore, um, but was an elder, I, I, I just meet with them every Thursday and I mm. discuss stuff that I'm thinking and engaging and, and stuff like that. They were, they were helpful times. They mm. were really, really good times. So I think it's, it, it's, I also think there's wisdom in moving. I mean, I'm a, I'm a let's keep going sort of guy. Mm. But I think as I look back, we have not blown up in the wrong sense because God has been very gracious and those men have been very gracious. Mm. And I think there's some wisdom in moving, leading, but leading and, and leading an eldership forward. And this may be good for revitalization. Mm. Lead a, a, you've got to keep moving, but you... You've got to go at the pace. Yeah. And I was out here. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to catch up with me eventually. You'll get yeah. there, you get there. Yeah. And actually, I, I just became a bottleneck that they were all like, yeah, we're, okay, we're here now, but yeah. you, you, we can't go any further. We're not. Yeah. We're, and I think there's some patience in moving. And I think if you're starting off, you might have one or two elders. That's the first thing. I think the second thing is when you go, when you're in a church, either into a ministry or you plant a church or whatever, God has appointed those men to be the elders of those church. Yeah. Do not question. Yeah. Do not question those men. Yeah. When I say don't question, don't question God's decision to do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and approach them more in thinking, what has God brought to the table through them? Absolutely. Rather than, how can I stop them getting in my way? Absolutely. <laughs> and then the other thing that is, I think, you know, this just comes to me now. The other mm. thing that I think where I, things weren't helpful in that. So in our context, so mo- a lot of the guys that have become elders over the time, I've had quite a lot of input into their lives, mm. whether discipleship or they've been interns in the past and, uh, and the like. And it's been able to work through well, and I think this happens after four, five, six years, even now, I think being able to, because to, that's the case, you plant a church somewhere, people get saved, they're gonna grow to become leaders, yeah. praise the Lord, but actually being able to, to posture, posture, posture yourself and your heart before the Lord and before them, that actually they truly do have a seat at the table. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're not yes men, they're not. Yeah. And you can create yes men even unintentionally yeah. because they're fearful of disrespecting you because they love you yeah. a lot. And actually this love and care for you can actually stifle leadership and stifle stifle moving forward. And I think, I think that's happened sub- mm. subconsciously. And mm. uh, you know, and there were a few painful conversations, but I think it's been really helpful for us. So my encouragement is healthy eldership, really work out what that looks like, use all the gifts that God's, God's got. Whoever's sitting at the table, they're sitting at the table. Mm. Unless sin, of course. Um, we're out of time, Steve. Yep. Just to say, what was the book? Oh, you know what? It's by Dave Harvey. 
Dave Harvey. Dave Harvey, and it's called Healthy, Healthy Plurality, I think. But we'll we'll do some notes on this podcast and we'll put a link to it. Great, Steve. That's really helpful. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Things I Wish I'd Known. Hope you enjoyed it. Do please subscribe uh, on your podcast platform or follow us on Twitter by searching Things I Wish I'd Known.